Wine Monk, Arizona Wine Podcast by Cody Vladimir Burkett. The Wine Monk, Arizona Wine Podcast by Cody Vladimir Burkett. Like, some of the blends that I see in Arizona, I am just like, who the f- who thought of that? Like that's good. And they're, <laughs> some of them are amazing, you know, yeah. but it's just, you guys get crazy with it out here. And I don't see a lot of that back home. Like a lot of it's mostly just like single varietals and stuff like that. Well, California introduced that. So the trend the will probably stick around. No, the single yeah. varietal. Oh, the single varietal. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just going back to right. old school. Sure. Without limits of country mm. yeah. borders. So we're like taking the borders away and then just playing with what we can grow. Yeah. Like blending Syrah with Malvasia. Phenomenal. May I see yeah. that? The white down there? No. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's my precious. Wow. It's precious. To Don't me. bring in the Lord of the fucking ding dongs. <laughs> it's called Lord of the Rings. God, <laughs> get you. it right. <laughs> You're my good. You're my good fruiter. Anyway. Mmm, apricot. Yeah, yeah, it's getting an apricot. Apricot, absolutely. After this, we should probably move on to probably the Pinot would be the next. Yeah, I, just as a lighter red. Lighter yeah, red. I, I agree. I think we should move to Pinot. And then the Agnostino, we've been decanting for about 45 minutes. Nice. Sure. By the time we're done with the Pinot and talking about that, it'll be ready, I think. And we might even want to try the organic one before Agostina because it's younger. I wouldn't mind saving the Caduceus for last. Right. Yeah, let's do yeah. that. I think we should go the Honoro Vera before, mm-hmm. um, just because it's younger. Sure. Okay. Man, this is a really fantastic wine. I love this wine. It's great. Yeah, this is getting really... Yeah. You know, it's getting also more delicate Yeah. as it goes on. That sure. whole, I am... This might be the white version of me. If like, Tanat is the red version, if because you could it's... pole dance, but <laughs> well, you've never seen me try. <laughs> it wouldn't be as elegant as this wine. Probably not. Do you think the phone is like picking up on the? It might yeah, be a little buzzing there. Oh yeah, move it to my lap. Sweet. Yeah, this. Yeah, it's it's. Oh, this is a. It's the girlfriend texting me, making sure that she's okay. She had a, a rough afternoon. Oh. It's yeah. It's been one of those weeks. Yeah, yeah I don't know interesting if any of the, week. I don't it's, know if any of your listeners are into astrology, but I guess everything's in fucking retrograde. Well, mm. five planets are in retrograde, and and it, we have a full moon tonight. No, no it's not. Friday the thirteenth. It's a half moon. It's a half moon, but yeah. it's in Taurus. <laughs> Whatever that means. Uh, yeah, exactly. I have no idea what that means. Yep. This uh, these grapes are coming from three thousand feet. Nice. Yeah, about three thousand. So feet. that's so the same Wilcox as the yeah. as what now? Augustina. Yeah, I really think that varietals like this should be grown here in Arizona. You guys should totally, and and once again, you know... Where do we get the rootstock for this, though? Well, the rootstock would be, you can put anything on any rootstock, by and large. It's just getting the the grafting. Sure, you just need a sign. But can you order it? I don't know. You'd probably have to take it through UC Davis to get them to do all the testing and all that shit. So it'd have to be someone rich like Maynard to bring (laughs) it Okay, yeah. Maynard, if, let's grow some Lebanese varietals. Le- I, Bring I, some Turkish stuff too. Yeah, I agree. Georgian. I think I think to, I think the Lebanese varietals and uh, no, honestly, and, and the Sinsol. I, I I'm just saying. Just saying. I, someone was planning going. I, and Alberino, you guys need to do Alberino. There's a few people. Planning I think we Alberino. need Alberino and Torontes. Torontes would yeah. be. 
So yeah, I'm surprised no one's fucking going to Toronto. Deep Sky needs to go to Toronto. So that we way actually they... have Albarino in one of our upcoming wines. Ooh. Yeah, and I think it's from possibly the Elephante block. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. No, but um, if anyone's going to grow Toronto, it needs to be Deep Sky because they also have a vineyard in Argentina, and so it mm. makes sense for them to be growing Torrantes, and I vaguely remember uh, yeah, someone from them saying that they were thinking about it mm. months and months and months and months ago, but I was also fairly inebriated? Well, mildly inebriated. <laughs> I was at the point of the inebriated where it's like, did this conversation actually happen, or am I imagining it? So what would you pair this with besides falafel? Um... Uh... This? Mm-hmm. For ruffle. Mussels. Or maybe some kind of a seafood. Hmm. I don't eat rabbit, I but I would say rabbit. <laughs> rabbit could work. Yeah. Quail, maybe? Mm. Yeah. I could, I could, I would, yeah, maybe oysters even. I'm trying to think of Lebanese cuisine. I feel like I should almost call up my friend Mia and be like, Mia, what would you pair with a Lebanese white wine? Because you're from Lebanon and you know Lebanese cuisine. And then she would yell at me because, like, how dare you be culturalist? And then laugh hysterically and be like, no, you pair it with this. Yeah. I'll have to Baklava. ask her. Baklava. Maybe for, for dessert. Yeah, it's just this... this it's I, buttery. Baklava yeah. is like straight up buttery. I don't know. I'm just thinking of like steamed oysters or like steamed clams or something like that. Like Ceviche could work too. Or shrimp. Ceviche? That might be too... The lime. Too acidity? Yeah, there might be too yeah. much acidity for that. I could see the ceviche going well with like a Sauvignon Blanc or yeah. something. Uh, but this is nowhere near like that. <laughs> this is this is so complex for a white wine. I would do like oyster mushrooms on a crostini with mascarpone. Oyster mm. mushrooms, uh-huh. absolutely. For vegetarian options. Absolutely, yeah, totally. <laughs> and, you know, I was vegan for two years, and I was like constantly trying to figure out how to do pairings as a vegan. It's uh, pretty easy if you think yeah. outside the box. Yeah, sure, think of texture. The only thing you're looking for, really, well, other than texture, is obviously just flavor profiles, yeah. and you can find those in anything. Yep. Um, but really, what with the nail in the coffin for me with veganism was. In January recently, uh, you know, a partner of mine got me a, a pairing book, like a textbook on pairing oh, wines. Cool. And uh, I started reading it and eventually just got to the point where I was like, I cannot absorb any more information from this without having some kind of practical application. Yeah. You know, I was like, why, why does this go with shrimp tacos? You know, like, and so, yeah. um, and so I eventually just, I just broke down and, and I lost all, yeah, so, you know. Now I go to Bordello and get venison. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. For me, uh, it's uh, part-time veganism because in the Eastern Orthodox Church, during your great fasting periods, uh-huh. uh, traditionally you're supposed to abstain from meat and dairy. Yeah. And so for me, that allows me... You're supposed to also abstain from wine, but you know I work with wine, so I can't. You know, sure. If I'm abstaining from wine, whether it's wine critic or in the tasting room, tasting in the morning to make sure the wines are good... Yes. I yeah. can't do that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I've got a dispensation for that from the priest and the bishop because, you know, whatever. <laughs> Hashtag, it, it's good to be the wine monk. Um, <laughs> I guess. Um, no, it's great to be the wine monk, dude. Yeah. It's good to be the king. Anyway, sorry, I had to channel Mel Brooks. Kings level. need a little bit more courtesans, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be nice. Mm-hmm. It, it's just the, the mustache is more Duke-like, maybe. Duke, yeah. Duke, Duke. Duke. Duke of a... 
This is really good. Anyway. Isn't it good? It's so freaking good. Well, the plan, by the way, behind the mustache is uh, for Halloween, I'm going to go with Salvador Dali, and I'm going to shave off the beard the day before. Nice. nice. The costume ball. Uh, something I would like to plug in here real quick. Um, okay. Is that... Uh, um, this uh, this wine that I that I brought here, the, the Lebanese wine, I, I got it from a wine bar in Santa Cruz called Swaff, um, and it's owned by a guy named uh, John Beauregard, who is uh, a really fantastic winemaker in Santa Cruz, um, and uh, I uh, I highly recommend um, anyone who comes to the area to stop there if they're thinking about purchasing wine in Santa Cruz or in, or tasting it. Um, it's uh it's a really fantastic wine bar. It's right down The name of it again? Swaff, which is Swaff. French for uh, thirst, I believe. Nice. Now right, we're just have a little bit less than that. That's a little bit less than that? Yeah. Whoa. That's perfect, thank Alrighty. you. Alrighty. Yeah. So now we've got the Armitage. Yeah. Armitage, right? Armitage, yes. Sorry, I'm that's, <laughs> we just got done saying chateau. Yeah. Fifty bajillion times, so I'm like thinking French. Yeah. Well yeah. That's yep. his last name. It's not a play on Hermitage. Yeah, that his last name is Armitage. Yes, cool. it's Brandon Armitage. Um, he has that nose. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is just by the nose better than the Pinot from uh, Rolling View, and that was in the Caduceus tasting room the other day. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, it's totally different. I. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I tried I, a couple. I, I'm of still not convinced on Wilcox Pinot. I think I, the I, best Pinot in the state is still coming from Chino. I I tried but some. But that's of also because I like that Burgundian structure. Yeah. But that's just me and my palate, because I'm an asshole. Oh, Brandon, you never cease to amaze me. This this wine is the 2013 Mount Roberta Reserve. Uh, it just won a 92 in Wine Enthusiast several Ooh. weeks ago. Um. It's very savory. Oh yeah. Um. Oh, that nose is super interesting. Yeah, uh, it's uh, there's only five barrels of this, um, and about 125 cases total. Oh, wow. Uh, it's a blend uh, of Pomard 828667777 and 115.15. 115.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.15.
Right, uh-huh. and almost like seaweed, like the umami. The kelp, yeah, yeah. the kelp yeah. forest. Yeah, totally. totally. There's lots of kelp there. It's, I can totally see that. S- it's on the end of the aroma. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Mm. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, and that out of those four that I gave you guys at the tasting room, the uh, the pomard, just the single clone or the uh, blends or the single varietal bottles, the pomard is really good. Nice. <laughs> it's super good. Um, yeah, this is this is one of the vineyards. Uh, this is from. I'm pretty sure that these grapes are from Heart of the Mountain, which is uh, my friend Martin Phillips. It's a beautiful name for a fucking vineyard, by the yeah, way. Yeah, Heart of the Mountain. Yeah, I it's feel like that would be one of the names that I would give a vineyard up here in Jerome. Sure, and this Jerome's kind of the heart of the mountain. Here, it is, in a way, it is. It, any and also, if any of your listeners who they're probably all in Arizona, but if they're no, there's the yeah, yeah, they're, they're I everywhere. know that there's someone from New Zealand who listens. Um, Annabelle Lotz, yeah, uh, who is the uh, intern for Pillsbury and Rune last year. Shout outs. <laughs> she was, uh, I know she listens sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, we might not have many listeners after tonight. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs> is my deeply insightful reply. <laughs> um, I've listened a couple times. <laughs> nice. Um, I know there's a few people in California listen. I think uh, uh, Alexi Kadich listens on occasion, and he's a wine person, but also the research coordinator for the Assembly of Canonical Orthodox Bishops in America. Nice. And so it was hilarious when he comes in the tasting room because I usually wear a lapel thing that's very obviously orthodox and a saint. And he was like, wait, is that St. John of Shanghai in San Francisco? I'm like, no, it's St. Pace. Wait, you know St. John of Shanghai? <laughs> and it's just like orthodox bonding moment, you know, to orthodox wine people. Yeah. There's some dried oregano. Totally. God, this is a good Pinot. Yeah, it's, it's... I normally... I'll be honest, I'm normally not big on California Pinots, but mm-hmm. this is... They're usually a little too big, and I don't know if it's because they're blending with something, or yeah. maybe because of the temperature, but this one is... This is nice. Yeah, it's the perfect I, This is a Pinot I would sip. Yeah. Which is very rare for me, as yeah. long-time listeners know, to say I like a Pinot Noir. Yeah, I am biased, but I mean, this is my favorite Pinot Noir. So. I can see why. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, Brandon's really great. The, the finish is. I don't know how long it is, yeah. but it's got this. Mm, really, I'll find out. Yeah, you'll let me know. I'm sure. But um, oh it's clean. It's really clean. Yeah, it's my job. I drink and I know things. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. Th- so I think this is from Heart of the Moon. It I was, think it actually said on the bottle, on the front, anyway, yeah. under the mountain. Okay, we're going to find out how long the finish of this Pinot is, because, as Gary would say, I'm a retainal entive. Wow. <laughs> There's almost like a little bit of iron, which normally comes from clay. What's the soil yeah. like? Yeah, so uh, up in the... So, yeah, that's really interesting. Like, uh, the whole... Like, originally, um, the property itself was established in, like, 1881, and uh, then at around the turn of the century, a lot of it was, since it was mostly redwoods, it was clear cut and then burned also for development. Mm-hmm. So you get, uh, I mean, you can still see burn marks on the old redwoods there that like couldn't burn down because they're fire resistant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so you've got like some of that like almost carbon kind of 
you know what I mean? Yeah. Like kind of thing going on with the ground. Uh, there's definitely a little bit of clay from like the seabed kind of thing, like coming up. Yeah, the I'm, I'm very curious of, about the geology of this vineyard. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I am too, just because there's so many different like cirations of sediment, you know, because right. the, old like streams or sure. Yeah. And at the same time, like on this particular coast in California, it's one of the most metamorphic areas in the world, you know, just because of the fault lines and stuff. So yeah. you have geology that's changing every hundred years, every 200 years. If not know? sooner. If not sooner, you know. So, um, and th- another really interesting... My girlfriend loves faults, by the way. Yeah. Shut that's up why she like, loves you. <laughs> when things are your fault, you mean? <laughs> I'm just giving you No, she, yeah. she was taking pictures of fault lines today and she was very very happy uh, in colorado uh, in colorado and utah and there's utah, a yeah. lot of faults actually in that area because you got to remember there's a lot of deformation in the rocks and all that fun stuff with the rise and the fall of the plateau and yeah. all that fun stuff but anyway i digress um, another really interesting thing about this the property here is it was alfred hitchcock's property um, originally, yeah, you mentioned and, that when we yeah. were walking to Caduceus. Yeah, it's it was it was originally a vineyard of Riesling, before the Pinot Noir and the mm. before all the Pinot Noir was put in in two thousand four. Um, I guess Riesling was uh, Hitchcock's favorite wine. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I, I could I could actually see him liking Riesling. Yeah. Apparently, there's, like, stories that I would get from Rob, the caretaker of the property, who's been there for, like, 40 years or something. One minute and 50 seconds was the finish on that, by the way. Wow. I lost track of time, and then it's like, wait, how many seconds ago did I lose it? Oh, okay, it was about that. So mm-hmm. it was a, it's a ballpark. I'll retry here in a moment. Oh, it's so good. It is really good. Jeez. What are the, what's the fruit that you're getting off of this? Um... For me, on the palate, it's sort of cherry, yeah, definitely. strawberry, um, raspberry, mixed in, of course, with that sort of sea salt and the kelp forest. I think that's probably why some and, of my uh, first impressions were always and, uh, like salmon or smoked salmon. Sam- yeah, smoked salmon would be mm. great with this. Yeah. Cranberry and gomasio. Not with gomasio. Mm. Toasted sun, uh, sesame seeds and seaweed. Oh, that sounds actually really good right Doesn't now. Doesn't it taste like it's more than forty percent new oak? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, especially on the finish. But it's, it doesn't it have that. that American oak character. It's more what of a year French is it? oak. This is a 2013. Yeah. yeah, I don't think it's over oaked at all. No, 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 of course not. I've had California pinots that were over oaked, mm-hmm. and they were. Yeah, abominations more or less. Sony is over A friend of mine, a viticulturalist friend of mine, who graduated from uh, from the school in 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 the county there, she told me that you know the over oaked Chardonnays kind of thing. She calls it uh, she calls that cougar juice. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I, I could see that. <laughs> it's like housewives. Yeah, bored housewives watching some not, kind of horrible show. Not not to not, offend anyone. Not. But. Wonderful housewives <laughs> that are happy. It's yep. bored housewives. And uh, one minute thirty-five seconds. By the way, on that next, um, yeah, that finish on that Pinot. Um, it's just an old style. That trend is gone. It's like bell bottoms. It's yeah. like it's yep. not. Some people still wear them, but right. it's really not the style anymore. Uh, we, I think. Well, we were talking about and <laughs> passion at passion actually next year making a 
a Chardonnay that way as just kind of like a, well, why not? Because no one else in Arizona is doing it thing. Do it. We have a pretty new to neutrally oaked Chardonnay for the wine club, and it it works for that. I tasted it, I think, once or twice before. Yeah, it's sexy. Wasn't, I think it might have been another new thing that's not new, but it's like coming back. Everybody thinks it's new, but it's like actually old, is... uh, the fermenting and uh, concrete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that Brad from San Reckoner was telling me that they were doing that now. Oddity Wine Collective is it doing it as well? Too. Yeah. David and I know Eridus was Brandon talking about yeah. it. It's Aaron. It's Aaron? And Dave and, and Bree. Yeah, that's what I was saying, yeah. I'm looking forward to their first vintages. Oh, I am too, absolutely. I, I think they're great people. So. And I already told them that the minute that they're bottled and ready to drink, uh, we're doing a podcast, so <laughs> yeah. I left them with uh, with four of these uh, of these pinots that Brandon did as well. So. Good job, Brandon, if you're listening. Yeah. Oh, we'll make him listen. We'll Thank make you. Him listen. Yeah, yeah. I'm I am very impressed with this pinot, and that's something that I almost never say <laughs> about Are you a California hater pinot. Of pinots? Yeah, actually, just I am California pinots. Warmer climate pinot and pinots? Ge- warmer yeah. climate pinots is yeah. a fair. I like Burgundian pinots. Yeah. Which is why I like the Del Rio Springs Pinots, because they're very cold climate style mm-hmm. Pinot. Right. Um, but when it comes to most warm weather, although I guess Santa Cruz would not really qualify as a warm climate Pinot at all. It, it, technically it does, depending on where it's at. There's so many microclimates, and depending on what elevation you're in or what valley you're in, you have different heat indexes, you have different uh, moisture levels. Shifts. Yeah, shifts. and yeah. And that's why, it, you know... Just with, that's why so many of the diseases and stuff is mm-hmm. is, is just it's a crapshoot sometimes. Well, when know. you said you have a lot of fog, I was thinking, yeah. why don't you plant Nebbiolo? Mm, yeah, interesting. I don't Try know. It. I don't know. Yeah, we don't have a lot of uh, we don't have like a lot of uh, kind of out of the box varietals. You know, we but have fog. Yeah, Nebbiolo yeah. fog. We get fog in Jerome uh-huh. quite oh, yeah. a bit, and you the Nebbiolo does great. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. During the monsoon season, there even are days, we had fog this spring. Yeah, lots there of are it. days where it just looks like Silent Hill up here. Really, yeah. I never would have thought that. Oh, oh yeah. I guess maybe so because the moisture comes over the mountain right there or yep. something. Yeah. We have a lot of fog. The yeah. river's right there. Oh, Bitter right. Creek That's runs true. right there. Totally, and it's after monsoons that the Verde River is usually like flowing pretty hard, right? Because I've never and seen spring. It. And spring. and spring after it's going pretty snowball. well right now. It's a little, it's higher than other springs. Yep. Um, yeah, this is really very pretty. Yeah, this is a lovely, lovely Pinot. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> I and just to say a little bit about Brandon uh, before we end up moving on after this glass is he uh, he originally studied viticulture in New Zealand, and then he came to California in 2006 after working in Oregon and Colorado with Rob Hamelman. So there's our Arizona connection there. Yep, of San Reckoner. Rob, if you're listening, hello. Yep. So And get a hold of Brandon, Rob. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. You guys haven't talked in like five years. Um, and uh, yeah, so Rob came out here, set up shop in Arizona. Uh, Brandon went to California, and he eventually started this label in 2011. Um he always wanted to have kind of a Pinot powerhouse, and now he makes seven Pinot Noirs in the Santa Cruz Mountains. All grapes are Santa Cruz Mountains sourced, uh, and his annual production is around 800 cases total. Um, 
So most of these wines are only available to club members. Uh, two of the wines that I gave you and for a are completely out of stock. Nice. Oh, wow. So, um, but uh, this Mount Roberto Reserve that we're drinking tonight uh, is still available. Um, and uh, you can always call the tasting room in Aptos, California uh, at 831-708-2874 and ask for Jeannie. She's the tasting room manager, and she is a sweetheart. Uh, and she would love to hear from anyone who's coming through the area. Nice. And one of the parallels I noticed between Caduceus wines and Brandon's wines, actually, is the use of kind of esoteric symbolism and sacred geometry. Um, and, you know, one of the things that Brandon wrote here on the back is, uh, well, actually, no, Aspen Moon did, who is the artist for the... Uh, labels. For the labels here, wrote... Uh, the concept of sacred geometry has been with us since the beginning of time. Uh, it has symbolically influenced the spirit, language, science, and art of humanity from the earliest cultures until today. It is through this lens, the lens of shape and harmonic proportion, that we perceive our reality. It is through this sacred flower of intuition that we construct what we know to be true. And Brandon has a firm belief that having this sort of symbolism on his product and his wine translates energetically into what we're drinking and hmm. what and on a spiritual level to him you know um so much so that like even putting like the flower of life here on the cork you know like channels any negative energy through this bottleneck and you know and metamorphosizes alchemically into the wine itself um so with that in mind whether you know you believe in that kind of thing or not i've always had kind of really wonderful kind of transcendental bonding experiences with the people that I have shared this wine with ever. Um, and I feel that way too about uh, a lot of the Caduceus vintages as well. So, um, and you know, I, right when I was getting ready to leave, I said, I said, Brandon, you know, you know, you know, Maynard Keenan puts like a lot of this flower life stuff on his, his material too. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> He was like, wow, man, I had no idea. That's kind of crazy, <laughs> you know? But it's people who who know about that kind of stuff know about that kind of stuff, so the initiated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's almost like a, like a little protection or, mm. I mean, it's pretty popular nowadays with tattoos and, Absolutely. you know, it's definitely not as... Um, mysterious as, as it, it once was be. absolutely but you know becoming more knowledgeable and more aware as human beings as to our carbon footprint and how we're um, putting ourselves out there it's a nice way to know oh you have that too okay cool we are community or we're brothers or we're mm -hmm. we're connected through that even though we are with everyone but if they have that little bit of extra knowledge of esoteric yes it's like okay there's a psychic kinship right yes it's like you're cool mm -hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally exactly yeah it's like the bat signal so the haunting nation so let's go let's on, on to this um hmm. monstrel oh, yeah, let me finish this pinot <laughs> And we still have half that bottle left, so I'm sure we can come back to that later. Oh, yeah. God, that's... That's good. 
It is very good. Thank you. You're very Thank you very, very yeah. much for bringing and that. And Neil. Yeah. Neil, thanks for being the uh, messenger. The wine ambassador. Yeah. <laughs> we will not shoot the messenger. Please don't. <laughs> don't shoot the messenger, please. <laughs> don't shoot the messenger. Sometimes I feel that way coming out to Arizona. You know, I'm always like, man... This is uh, some cowboy If you shit. have California plates, you might want to watch out. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that. <laughs> okay, so I tonight brought this Monastrell, okay. which is a.k.a. Mavedra, but from Spain. It's all in the decanter. Okay. Cool. Be pretty, but useless decanter. That's all shiny and Egyptian balloon glass. I feel like if I rub it, that a little sexy genie is going to come out. And well... Maybe a sexy genie, maybe a very ugly one. We'll we'll find out. Well, this genie, this monastrel genie, is a bit rough, burny, horsey on the nose, but it's minty. It's solid. Yeah, it does have that sort of bready. It's a little bit scratchy and bouquet. medicinal. Whoa! Wow. Um, it reminds me of that definite sort of Spanish herby thing. Totally, it reminds me of a tempranillo right away. Even though at first it's not, but I was thinking of almost like coniferous. Yeah, yeah, like a Douglas fir almost. Yeah, sure, or Christmas tree or something. Fourteen percent alcohol. That's it. The, yeah, the the Armitage was thirteen point nine as well. That's mm. so high. Wow, that this is a big bone. Look broad. how dark that is. I can't even see through that. Yeah, it's dark <laughs> like the hearts of men. <laughs> Well, we might have to go back to the Augustina and then come back to this. That is a... Uh, it's pretty... It's it's not even... The finish is... Yeah. It's not like any Mavedra I've ever had, because I'm way more familiar with Mavedra than Monstra. It it's reminds me of a couple of Spanish ones that I've had over the years. I'm super excited, because I have actually... I don't even think... I've only had Movedra. I've never had straight Movedra. I've always had it in a blend. Like, oh. Yeah, so this will be my first uh, time having a, a, a straight Movedra. So it'll be your first time, Neil? It I'm smells like my first wow. time. Yeah. Cody, I don't, I don't know how I feel when you look at me like that. Well, unfortunately my girlfriend's mm. not here, so I have to make do. Hey, we were talking about threesomes earlier today. Yeah. You're staying the night, aren't you? I am. <laughs> <laughs> I don't swing that way, man. Sorry. <laughs> oh... <laughs> Bummer. Yep. Sorry, you're not getting any. Kayla, if you're listening, I'm sorry. This is really cool on the nose. Yeah, it's got this whole sort of... It's organic, by the way. Oh, okay. Don't panic. It's organic. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's I not... Think... You know, made from organic grapes or organically made as Let's well. see. I think it's organic grapes it says on here. Yeah. Because if it's made from organic grapes, then there is no reason to worry. But if it's organically made, then I know it's probably like, well, this is probably Bobble's corked. It's very young, though, so... As a viticulturalist, Danielle, how do you feel about uh, the organic wine scene? Um, I would prefer it, personally. I understand integrative pest management, where you do what you can first, and then you do what you must to achieve the grapes that you want but i believe in biodynamic when i grow my own herbs and farm my own vegetables that's how i do it Mm -hmm. so that's how you would do a vineyard is biodynamic a biodynamic vineyard if i was choosing to have my own vines and make my own wine yes but i don't plan on being a winemaker or ever being a commercial farmer again sure um 
but that's the kind of style that I believe in. Yeah. And I don't believe in Roundup. I don't believe in mm-hmm. punishing the ecosystem for... Monoculture? Good wine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe in that. Mm. I don't believe you need to do that. No, well, I, I don't think you do either, but but it, and I think the challenge comes from the fact that there's just such a large demand. Yeah. You know, and so and so it's just kind of been bred out of what business owners believe to be a necessity. You know? But it's it's an old tradition that has come back. The biodynamic, the organic. Yeah. Yes. Um, it's cheap because you're working with the elements. Yeah. And. Um, you know, it's healthier if you believe in that. And John Marcus was a big proponent of the whole biodynamic thing. I know that he planted a crop circle with biodynamics in mind. Yeah. Back you in the day. You just choose the data, just like harvest. Oh, is it raining? Should we pick today? What's the moon like today? What's the sign under new moon? That's when you cut your hair if you want it to grow fast. That's when you plant things if you want them to be prolific. It's it's very simple. You don't need to know astrology. There's a farmer's almanac. Mm-hmm. It's available to everyone. <laughs> yeah, sure. And it's interesting to see a push on a commercial level uh, when it comes to like monoculture, uh, particularly uh, that that to be more aware of how we fit into the kind of, uh, to, to the cycles of things, right. you know, and the, the kind of circadian rhythm of our solar system right. and our... And that ties back into the sacred geometry. Sure. And back into just looking at things not linear. Mm-hmm. Just thinking laterally. Well, thinking... <laughs> Instead of linearly? You know, or horizontally? Thinking cyclical. Or cyc- cyclical. Yeah, yeah in, in, you know, whatever we do this year is going to affect next year. Instead of yes. like, oh, how can we get the best crop this year? It's like, well, if we have to put something into the soil this year, how will it affect next amendments year? Amendments and stuff. And I believe in, in amendments. Yeah. You know, gypsum for Augustina Vineyard. Yeah. Um, Marzo Vineyard. Like, kelp for feeding. Like, I get it, but that's all stuff that already has come from the earth. It's not a synthetic. It's... Uh, yeah. I suppose this leads into uh, a nice seg of synthetic versus natural corks. Because, you know, actually, the natural, um, the natural corks are actually sort of, uh, environmentally sustainable. You know, you're not killing the tree as you harvest, and it provides an ecosystem that is largely lacking in most of Europe now, which is oak forest. Because, by and large, most of those oak forests were destroyed either by the Romans, or the Middle Ages, or during industrialism. And so you still have these oak forests, and yes, you're going in every, I want to say every five to ten years, but I could be totally wrong, because I should look mm-hmm. this up, and I can't remember it offhand. Um, shit, where the fuck was I in that tangent? Where we were talking about the... Uh, Oaks. Oak. Uh, oak forest with um, cork, because it's a type of oak tree. And... Uh, yeah, they're providing an ecosystem that has been largely vanished from most of Europe, and and that since they are sustainable and necessary, and that's one of the 
weird reasons why I prefer a natural cork over synthetic. Well, it allows for more ageability as, as well. Yeah. Breathability. And which is also why I don't like screw tops, because you can age a screw top as long as you like, but it's never going to change. Right. Or the glass corks. Yeah. I had a glass corked Vermentino once, and that was a really interesting day. <laughs> um, what do you get on this on the nose? On the oh, on the nose. Well, I was, on the palate, like uh, the first thing I get is so much is a lot of iron. Mm. So the taste in. So let's see the soil here. Yeah. Um, it's 120 hectares of vineyards that grow in sandy, stony, limestone soils with extremely low levels of organic matter. Altitude over 700 meters above sea level, very close to Mediterranean Sea, continental and very little rainfall. Harvested by hand, the grapes were vinified in stainless steel tanks. Okay, that explains for that. For 15 days at a temperature of 25 degrees Celsius. Hmm. Oh, interesting. 25 degrees Celsius. That's that's almost 100 degrees. That is. That's very warm. That's a really warm fermentation. Absolutely, yeah. I didn't hear anything about like a cold soak or anything. Which and is, then yeah. it was it kept so dark, refrigerated yeah. until bottled. Huh. Interesting. Sorry? So after that 15 days of temperature yeah. at 25 degrees Celsius, yeah. um, it was kept refrigerated until it's bottling. Hmm. Whoa. So yeah. that's like the stainless and, yeah, that's yeah. cool because this is all Monastrell. There's no oak. There's no yeah. mallow. Exactly, yeah. There's no, yeah. And it does kind of remind me of, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the only Napa guys I do like. Um Who? Dirty and Rowdy. I can't say that I know who they are. I, I can't remember the names, but they produced associates. a Mavedra, Um Actually, very similar to this, but I think they didn't age it in barrel at all either. Mm -hmm. No oak. I think it was all steel, and it was really interesting. Mm. Yeah. Uh, very bright and fresh and vibrant. This is a perfect contrast to the Pinot that we had, really. Yeah, because like, of the unoaked. Because uh, of the yeah. And I love finding an unoaked red. Yeah. Because it's pretty uncommon. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It's fairly uncommon. I've right? only had unoaked Merlot or done in uh, cement. Yeah. And I was a huge fan. I'm, it's like there's something grassy about this too, which is something I might associate with a white. Yeah, it's grassy, but there's also um. A sort of almost like chalky limestone. Oh, definitely high on the finish. Yeah. Um, which again really makes me wonder about the geology of this vineyard. Is yeah. it grown on ancient seabed? Because yeah. well, it's Mediterranean near the coast, right? Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, Could be, super yeah. close to the coast. Sandy, yeah. stony limestone. There's definitely that limestone. Yeah, there's definitely limestone going on in there. Totally. It. It's so cool. Yeah, it it's just... got that richness that the Pinot had. Uh huh. Like um. Like, I would guess it has oak on the aroma. Yeah, yeah, on the aroma, it's all, absolutely. It's also got a higher acidity, I feel. It's definitely puckering. because there's no oak. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. On the nose, it does smell like it would be oak. Yeah. it still has that same that like, rich, vanilla richness. Fullness to mm -hmm. it, you know? A little bit of tobacco. Similar spectrum as the peanut. Leather. But once well, it hits your tongue. the closeness to the sea. Yeah, maybe that has something to do with it's it, too. It's different sea. Yeah, but it's a totally different ocean, completely. But still, the coastal Yeah, I'm not influence. getting much sea salt. Either no. on the nose or palate. Yeah. There's so many fucking sharks in Santa Cruz. <laughs> Seriously. Because it's like such a big surfing town, people mm. are always fucking talking oh, about yeah. sharks. Great white. I never shit. swam there. 
I actually got in the water, but it was really rough, and I was like, I'm getting out. It's I wonder so if anyone cold. has actually like named their whole line of wines after sharks. That seemed like that would be a good marketing decision over there. I would not doubt it. I would. I would doubt prefer it. dinosaurs, but well, I, I told love you guys. <laughs> I know. Same here. I love dinosaurs. So do I. Yeah. What's your favorite dinosaur? Um. Well, I probably like the. Um, Triceratops, You're but so I, cute. I think that the T-Rex is the funniest because he can't do yoga because his arms are too short. <laughs> uh, imagine him trying to do <sighs> My like favorite that. dinosaur. That's such a weird question. <laughs> well, it's not a weird question because I have an answer for it, but it's, it's a two-pronged answer because I can't decide between two different dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what both of them I are. I said uh, two. Yeah, she said One of them is definitely Utah Raptor. I love... A giant raptor? Yeah, a giant raptor. And think of it as a giant plumed feathered raptor. They almost certainly fucking had feathers, which really actually pissed me off about Jurassic World. It's like you have 20 years of science to advance on these and depict these animals how how we think we are, which is what the first Jurassic Park did, and you fucked it all up. You're all a bunch of assholes. Yeah, he's going to screw up uh, the, the second Star Wars movie too, you think? Oh, probably. Um, the other favorite is a more local, a more local chop. Um, well, okay, there's three. Who? Uh, Dilophosaurus, for one. Yeah, you big Dilophosaurus uh, fan. Well, yeah. I mean, he's a local. I mean, <laughs> you go up onto the res and you can find Dilophosaurus footprints. Nice. I would literally squeal like a small schoolboy. I would, <laughs> I would, I would become a little kid. I would probably go and get like. Jurassic Park pajamas and like put them on and be really excited. <laughs> so what dinosaur would you be? Uh, well, what would be, I be? I, I or who is my favorite dinosaur? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's a different question. What dinosaur would my other last favorite, by the way, is uh, Therizinosaurus. What is that? Yeah, what is that? The weird giant turkey thing that had giant claws that were like three feet long. And like go-go gadget fingers? Yeah, kind of. But Banana it was fingers. a big giant... Or Edward salad, salad finger. Or salad hands. fingers, yeah. Edward Scissorhands. But there is an is number three. And there is a local relative of him in New Mexico called Mothronicus, which is which is pretty cool. But anyway. I, so your favorite. I would have to say Um So one of my favorites is probably as far as like a really scary predator, uh, would be Deinonychus. Oh yeah. So the whole raptor thing. Yeah. The medium sized raptor as opposed yeah. to the giant raptor. Right. Uh which you know, if we're gonna talk about dinosaurs, I guess for a second, uh, the Velociraptors. Clearly, in, we already are. Okay, <laughs> the, uh, the, the Velociraptors in uh, in the Jurassic Park movies are actually modeled after Deinonychus mm-hmm. because a real Velociraptor is only about four feet tall, whereas the ones in the film are depicted as six to seven feet tall. Uh, so I'm more the size of a Velociraptor than you're. S- oh yeah, because you're you're Velociraptors four are eleven. For, for for any Velociraptors were like large poodle sized. Yeah. For anybody who doesn't know, Danielle's nickname is Baby D. And it's very appropriate. She's very small and extremely cute and adorable. Oh, you're so, so sweet. So, but yes, the Deinonychus would be one of them. I'm also a really big, as far as herbivores, um, yes. I'm a really big fan of like some of the uh, uh, not so much sauropods, but you know, like the duck build kind of like yeah. Yeah. hadrosaurs. Really? Yeah, hadrosaur. Parasaurolophus. Like only per- okay. Parasaurolophus is cool. Uh, yeah, and uh, hadrosaurs and stuff. Uh, but I also like uh, ankylosaurus and stegosaurus. You know, they're very cool. But 
Um, I'm sure that they all uh, ate fermented fruit and yeah. and drank. Oh, almost certainly. And they got drunk. Uh, much going like back to sauropods, I, I do love <laughs> sauropods, too. In fact, one of my blogs that, uh, if you look very closely at the side of blogs I follow on the Facebook page, or not on the Facebook page, but on the Wine Monk blog, you'll see SVPOW, which is sauropod vertebrae, picture of whenever. Mm. Um, which is all sauropods, more or less. And so I, I'm kind of a sauropod geek. Nice. Uh, and I think you're more like a lickolotopus. <laughs> we a wish. Diplodocus? <laughs> a lickolotopus? <laughs> That's what kind of dinosaur you would be. Uh, I, I would, it's, no, it's what kind of dinosaur I would like to be with certain <laughs> That's people. what I was going for with the triceratops. <laughs> But no, it was also entertaining because I used to be absolutely freaking obsessed with dinosaurs when I was younger. How old are you? And, yet, and then you turned into Harry Potter. No, not really. It was more Lord of the Rings than oh, Harry right. Potter. That's I mean, Veronica. I read Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. Veronica is totally freaking Harry Potter. <laughs> she works at the KDCS team uh-huh. yeah. as well. Yeah. But um We love you, Veronica. We love you too, Veronica. Are you doing a selfie? Lean in. Let's begin again. We've totally derailed, but that's okay. On a road. This always happens in every single podcast. We're gonna bring it back around right now and we're Well one 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 last moment though, before we do that. I've gotta say that I was a weird kid because (laughs) (laughs) shut up. No. I was a weird kid for a lot of reasons, but also because um, the land before time didn't really bother me. It's like, oh, long necks and, uh, wait, sauropods and a T-Rex? Oh, clearly it's, um, <laughs> clearly land before time is taking place in the American Southwest in the late Cretaceous. And those aren't brontosauruses at all. Yeah. Those are actually Alamosaurus. Oh, I see. But that was just because I was a weird kid and knew what Alamosaurus was, and probably most kids didn't know, and most of them were probably who did know were freaking out. Anyway, so, um, continuing, Muvedra. Um, I need to finish this one before we get there. Yeah, I... So... Yeah, this wine is very interesting. It's, it's uh, beautiful. I've never had, a, like I said, I've never had uh, a wine like this before. And I, it's very rare, especially in the region that I live in, to have reds that are steel fermented. Oh. Very right. rare. I wish that we would do more being in a you hot climate. You know who climate. does do steel fermented reds in Arizona? Yeah, who? Hannah's Hill Vineyard in Sonoida. Oh, yeah, I've had does some of their almost exclusively steel fermented reds and mm-hmm. whites. Right. But they actually do have a steel fermented Mouvedra. Beautiful. And that a would steel be fermented Mouvedra tempering eel blend, I think, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> have either of you guys been to, to the Santa Cruz before? Yes. Many when times. I was a wee little lad and then driving through when I was graduating high school oh, I see. on this epic road trip, and we only had. Three CDs in the car, and only one of those was good, which was uh, Modest Mouse. Uh, good news for people who love bad news. I uh, I think that it's very appropriate that uh, that there should be more of a correlation between music uh, and wine. Well, no, th- I, there's there already is that already is happening. There's there, there's but, honestly times where I but, consider doing uh, but, reviews of wines as playlists. Sure, mm. and and also and I almost actually built a playlist a while back for the Cordigliano Oneste because that's a wine that while I love and it's one of my other go-tos in the Caduceus tasting room. 
Art, art, uh, I can't art. review it because it's all New Mexico. It doesn't fit the purview. Excuse me, of the sure. blog. Art begets art, you know, and they they. I've, I've, one of the reasons that I enjoy wine culture so much is because there are wines that inspire songs and poems exactly. and experiences that prompt people to feel the need to express something that is within their soul that it that needs to come out. Um, and so, you well, know, wine is art. It is. And, and wine itself and is it's an art, all, and, which of is course. one of the reasons why I don't like what Napa does because they don't approach wine as art anymore. There's a really wonderful documentary about the globalization of winemaking that I highly recommend to any of your listeners and to you. It's called Mondo Vino. It's fantastic, um, and it has a really it does a very great job of um, of kind of uh, objectively looking at the globalization of wine like such as like the Mandavi family and things like that and also taking a very intimate look at some of like the the family owned few that are left like Burgundy and like Bordeaux like wine growers in France you know and and some of the Tuscany families in Italy and uh, just really allowing you as a viewer to literally place side by side interviews and experiences with these small boutique wineries and vineyard owners with these giant megalithic corporate uh, um, individuals um, and uh, you know as we you know as we were saying as far as like Keenan goes like I you know I, I think that it really is appropriate to kind of approach it from more of a winemaking standpoint uh, as I, I just see generally that's where a lot of the passion is, you yeah. know, as an artist, you know, like, um, and I, I think that that's great. Like the more emphasis that's, that's there is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, mm. um, so is this right now, this is what we're drinking is the Caduceus. Uh, yes, we are on the Caduceus Nagal del August Agnostina named after his daughter, right? Augustina Lely Maria. Um, the vineyard's been around forever, but this is the only varietal that actually works in that site. I'm it's kind of surprised he hasn't tried to grow some uh, hybrid varietals there, like Tramignette and uh, Sauvignon Blanc. We had Norton growing. Norton doesn't do well in cold, though. It's he grafted. It's Has um, it all been taken out, or has he just got not a harvest from it yet? Um, we got some harvest from it, but we didn't make any wine. It smells young. Yeah, it's it very young. young. It, it's oaked as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, this is still months. young. Yeah, this is very young. Okay, I'm going to read the back of the bottle here. Let's beat the crap out of it, actually. <laughs> oh, speaking yeah, of which, it, it quotes uh, The Green Valley, which we were, I was mentioning as a song yeah. that I love uh, earlier. Yeah. No direction but to follow what you know. No direction but a faith in her decision. No direction but to never fight her flow. No direction but to trust the final destination. And if that's any... I'm not done yet. Oh. You're a stranger until she whispers you can stay. You're a stranger until she whispers that your journey's over. Weigh your worth before Her Majesty, the Verde River. Which, like I said, is is one of my favorite songs of his. and Partly because of a dream I had about two years ago. 
Um, and this is getting probably dangerously close to woo-woo territory for me. Um, so in this dream, um, it was very, very, very much like almost like Arthurian Britain in mode and feeling where the personification of the Verde Valley all covered in tattoos and each tattoo like was a line that represented like a million years and there was just covering her arms and space like tree rings and this beautiful necklace that was what was it? It was like it was almost like a squash blossom necklace mm -hmm. except it was a chura blossoms and turquoise and Was that me? <laughs> and she had this um these long braided hairs and a brachiopod that was like fresh from the ancient sea, like still glistening with seawater, like pinned to her hair and <laughs> mammoth bone and copper earrings and tattoos everywhere. And the man in the maze tattooed on her back and all these things. And on one hand, she had a bunch of Tanat and the other hand, a bunch of Malvasia. And it was just like, you know, what dream? Not not quite. It was it was <laughs> not not even close. Actually, it oh. was like uh, she was like you know, uh, I will make you king of the valley, uh, and you know that sort of thing. Mm. And this whole idea of like I've judged you as worthy, and my reply was very much Arthurian. It's like I don't think I'm worthy of this, and she got a little bit pissed and glared at me, and like okay, fine, I'll, I'll make a decision when the whole valley is covered entirely with snow thinking it's like oh that's gonna bite me a couple of years so you remember the fucking big snowstorm january 1st of two years ago or i guess no last no yeah two years ago my first words waking up and looking across the valley were well fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's like so i don't know if the stream was actually a reality something trying to tell me something or just an overactive imagination because I've been reading too much Arthurian mythology at the time or what. That's that very Jungian. Like, that's like super uh, archetypical, like, unconscious coming to the forefront kind of thing. And that was right. also right, right as this relationship I was in was fracturing apart. And so I was like, am I, like, transposing my feelings for this woman on the valley in the place where I live and all these things? And well, it's all interconnected. So it's just yeah. like, well, fuck, am I supposed to say yes and be king or what? What do I get? Do I have a crown? Do I have a flag? <laughs> no flag, no country. <laughs> and yeah, so. And, and then when I first heard the song, I was just like, well, shit. I wonder if Maynard has had a similar experience. And that's, of course, reaching at straws, but to know that someone else kind of feels the same way of this valley and that you're being judged as worthy or not, it's just like, okay, maybe I'm not entirely crazy, just mostly crazy. Yeah. I think that's something that we could be safe to say for all of us. It's true. But anyway, according to the back I've got here, uh, handpicked, sorted, punched, of course, like most everybody else in the Arizona industry. Um, the only people that are doing machine harvest right now are, um, I guess Glomsky when he had, um, Bowie. God, that's, that's... Machine harvesting, really? But mainly Dragoon was doing, and is doing machine harvesting. Well, I suppose maybe you guys can do that because you guys, 
a lot of these vineyards are boutique vineyards, right? So it's rather low yields. Yeah. We, it's not like that in Santa Cruz. <laughs> we can't do much machine here. Really? There's none. We don't do any. Well, that's good. As caduceus. And I feel like you shouldn't do no. machine harvesting, period. Too many feel... raccoons get in the mix. And bugs and snakes and... Birds. I'm, uh, birds so I may, I think that I'm definitely, my palate is jaded. Yeah, do, can I, is there any water? But this is... I can get you some water here if you wait a moment. This is the kind yeah, of wine you. that, like, I would probably have three more glasses of this. Oh, yeah, I dig and this. And skip the other ones. Yeah. Not this because the, they're not good. Well, this and the Chateau Moussard, I think, are my two favorites of the my night My palate so far. is so used to this, like, I don't know. It's not over, overly aromatic. Mm. It's like this kind of elegant, gamey, iron... Um, You've been to that vineyard. Um, Tell me a little bit of what you saw of the geology. Because, of course, I'm going to nerd out about that. Super low. There's a... Yeah, low elevation. 3,000, maybe just a little bit over. Um, I think it's just um, five acres or less. Um, Lots of clay. So, like I said, we had to spread gypsum. Um, We have some fruit trees there. We have a pond. Uh, originally, there was a large vegetable garden and a lot of raspberries. Um, mm. But now it's pretty much Mavedra, possibly some Aurelia, and um, I believe that's it. I've never actually had Aurelia as a varietal. I've never had it either. Me neither. Only as a grape. I was the one who cloned or um, did cuttings from the Aurelia from Jerome. And moved it down to that vineyard. Um, but I don't really know what's growing there or how much he's getting off of that. So what should I be looking for in this wine, really? Like, what are you guys picking up from? Well, traditional Mavet is kind of gamey. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got also Cask and Barrique aged 18 months. New and neutral French oak. I wish he would say what percentage of new versus neutral on the bottle. Because that's something that I would like to know. Oh, oh and by the way, um, if you haven't gathered, this is Verde Valley Fruit. Mm-hmm. This is not Wilcox. Um, yeah, Old Merkin South, now called Augustina Block. Um, well, the nose, it's I'm getting very herbal slash coniferous again. It's, it's yeah, like, yeah, I'm definitely getting it that. It almost well. reminds me of... The scent of wind blowing through Ponderosa Pines in spring or summer up in Flagstaff is what it's, it reminds me of. Yeah, it's like a... It's fresh. Lipstick. Lipstick. Yeah. Nice. nice. I wouldn't know what lipstick taster smells like. I'm sorry. It's... it's Too bad for you. Clearly. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just Violets. Because Violets, I get... It does have a very floral rosemary quality too. Yeah, and it's, tumbleweeds. It's a fresh, <laughs> yeah, like a fresh, like a green spring, like a little, this is, like a spermatophyte, a seed-bearing plant. Yeah, this wine just on the nose makes me think of springtime. Yeah, really enough, it's it's oddly happy. I feel like the last wine was a little bit disgruntly on the nose. Yeah, it was kind of like. Overly it wasn't sweaty bad, or but it was just like masculine. This like, is very feminine. It's like a deeply child. feminine. Augustina, it's a child. Sure, a and a very young child. Yeah, yeah two-year-old child, exactly. 
It's beautiful. Yeah, it's innocent. I haven't really even tasted these yet. I'm still just trying Mm. to get the nose. Let's go. Give me some more. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Beautiful. I would really. I'm really interested to see what this is going to taste like in another year or two. Yeah. Yeah. We can open mine in a year. I've got one too. I'm probably not going to open it for a few years. So. But it's not overly tannic. Oh, no, not at all. No. no, no, no. In fact, I'm actually surprised at how soft the tannins are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when you guys were like, oh, it's young, I was like, it is, but But it's, it's not too tannic, right? No. It's not, it doesn't taste like, I don't know. We did decant it for 40 minutes. Yeah, this was, yeah, it was decanted for Well, by the time we got there, it's probably about an hour or two, an hour and a half. Because we're at an hour or 13 on the podcast right now. Yeah. It's really just, it's clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very clean. It's it's almost it's uh compared to the other wines that we've been having tonight who had just such strong characteristics and flavor profiles. This is very this, subtle. This is extremely subtle. Extremely it is. subtle. Yeah. It's but extreme. it's very balanced, it's which subtle, I think balanced, is lots of nuance. Winemaking quality is, is a how balanced, balanced it wine. makes yeah. his wines. I agree with that. No matter single varietal or blend. Yeah. Oh, totally. It's never overly dry. It's never overly tannic. It's, it's never overly anything. It's it's this perfect kind of harmony. Mm. It's very harmonious. Harmonic conversion. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to pick up because there's definitely something happening. I am getting some vanilla sort of cedar from the yeah oak. cedar. A little bit of. Um, Almost like a frankincense myrrh, like an incense. Mm-hmm. Um, black cherry, blackberry, mulberry. I picked up... The mulberries are, are out in town right now, and I picked a few this morning yeah, I can smell some after breakfast at the Mile High and, and snacked on a few on my way to work, and, and I've got that mulberry flavor in here, I think. Um, or fresh mulberries, like mulberries right off the tree, like just plucked. There's actually something about it that, it, and I don't necessarily mean it as a bad thing, it just, it reminds me of paper, too. Like yeah. There's, there's something in there that reminds me of, like, uh... Like, chewing construction paper, almost? Yeah, or? like construction paper. Like, uh, almost as if I was chewing on, on, on some construction paper, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, because I did that a lot when I was two. Yeah, I, or, I, yeah, we didn't or licking a rolling paper. Could be, yeah. Yeah, or maybe even, like, glue or something like that, like that kind of glue on a rolling paper. I haven't done that in years, Thank God I quit smoking yeah. four years ago. So you don't, have I don't to smoke nearly smoke as much as I do. Have a rolling paper. That's illegal <laughs> in Arizona. Not for long. We'll Hopefully see. not. This is fresh. It's fresh. It's Super fruity. Fresh. Yeah. It's the river versus the ocean. Mm-hmm. Because the other two reds had that ocean, ocean character. Yeah. Yeah. This is river. This is low yeah. lying. But, but at the same time, if you parse it deeply enough, I think I it's think there like might be a hint of that lost Pedregosa sea here. River like rock, go- like the ghost of the sea. The ghost of the, the ancient of, ocean of that used to cover ocean. this land. Yeah, petrichor. It's the smell of the desert. The petrichor, yeah, and, oh, and will once again cover this land one day. Maybe, probably. I, th- I I like to. Sometimes I think that it's like funny to think that this will be oceanfront property eventually. I think it's very pleasant. It is very pleasant. And that lipstick is just making me want to kiss a girl. Sad. Well, sadly for you, none of us are girls. 
Sorry. It's probably better. <laughs> yeah. In case my boyfriend's listening. Yeah. <laughs> We're not anatomically girls, but I I feel as if everyone carries energetic properties of both sexes with Definitely. Them. So what would you pair this with? This? It's a little too young for me to really know, but mm. maybe uh Quail. Quail or venison ribs is my first maybe not venison ribs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I definitely do. want to do quail or dove. I was going to say duck, even. Duck would also work, duck I think, with this, too. Wild duck. Yeah, or like, baked brie with lavender and uh, plum jam. That sounds amazing. <laughs> the boys go to the meat, the girl goes to the herbs. No, no, I love brie, and I love chev, like, yeah. a lot. Like and chev. with plum jam with yeah. lavender, Yeah. the astringency of the lavender. Uh-huh, would just, like, really help balance this uh, kind of... Because this, you know, it's it's so it's so apt that he named this after his daughter because this wine could really go anywhere. There is just a what I taste in this is potential, right? A lot of potential. It's juvenile, but it's yeah. not annoying. No, not at all. No, <laughs> no. it's juvenile, but it's, it's intriguing. It's, it's full intriguing. of hope and wonder and yeah. love and precisely potential. Yeah. 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 There's a lot. That's going why on the here. name it's perfect. It is. It really is perfect. And it's perfect it ta- it, it's perfect that it tastes the way that it does right now. Yeah. It's also got a little tiny bit of tobacco on, on the on the finish. Not much. Yeah? Like it pipe kind tobacco? Of reminds Not pipe tobacco. Oh yeah. No, yeah, pipe tobacco. Um Cavendish specifically. Um it's not Latakea, it's not Perique. It's Cavendish. Totally Cavendish. I love Perique. Oh, God, me too. I haven't smoked tobacco in years, but I love Perique. Do I still have any of that Perique blend left, I wonder, for my pipe? I think I might. I love the acid. Yeah, yeah me too. A, well, the Verde Valley wines do tend to have a have higher a, acidity, acidity, I've noticed, than Wilcox. Oh, yeah. Wilcox yeah. is actually... The soil depletes the acid. It, really? Yeah. We actually, That's why we plant so many more um, acidic varietals to begin with, because of the soil... Leaching the acid. You know, I never Down picked up on that at, Al, at Albule, but yeah, those are almost all super high acid varietals, yeah. now that you mention it. I just now realized that there's actually a toasted oak thing happening with this on the end. Do you think mm. any of the oak was toasted? No? I, we wonder don't, wh- I don't think we do that. You don't think that he does any of that? No. I'm wondering where I'm picking that up from. Because I'm getting this like... Could it be the new oak, maybe? It could be, but it tastes more... Marshmallowy or something. Roasted. Like a roasted mess. Yeah. I'm getting something like that on the end there, mm. on the back end. Well, when that soil gets hot, yeah, it has that like cooked, like a clay oven uh-huh. smell. Mm. Like a like a cob oven. Right, or yeah. like a like a clay, like the the oros, like the the clay pots that they cook food in. Like it has that kind of mm, motherly. I'm going to have a little bit more of this, actually. Just... There we go. That's good. The lipstick. Yeah, I keep coming back to that, too. <laughs> I haven't commented on it much, but I feel like you're saying everything that needs to be said there. So. I feel like our wines, for me, are easier to 
describe the, because I taste yeah. them so much. And you get it right there on the front of your tongue and on the on the two sides there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it's immediate. It's yeah. like total and cuz that's that's where you would taste lipstick yeah. too is right there. Right away. On the front yeah. of your lips right there. Yeah. It's clean, it's up front, it's fresh. Yeah. And then it ta- turns into the more traditional gamey like ideal of uh Movedre kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm th- I mean both of these bottles are I think my inaugural experiences with Movedre. So nice. yeah, really? So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. That's right. Um, you were saying that earlier that you've yeah. had it in blends. I've had it in blends, but never just own. never just by uh, by itself. So. Stronghold does one. That's pretty phenomenal. I would love to try it, honestly. That'd be great. Mm. And then, you know, Lipstick, dude, you just nailed it on the head right there. There's so it just tastes like lipstick. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's like this fresh kind of semi-synthetic, but Uh feminine. Feminine. So it's very feminine. Yeah. Wonderfully named, just aptly named. Jeez, wow, that is just crazy nail on the head kind of shit right there. Divine collision. There's something burning. I just got a smell of fire. Unless it was from the wine. It's just Cody thinking. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> the wheels are burning. The yeah. wheels are turning. We need more wine to lube them up. I wish we had something to fire up. Yeah, unfortunately, there's nothing really that I could fire up on this deck. Without, you know, it being wood and burning down, that would be bad. Sure, I, I don't, I, you know, I was actually thinking that it might be a really great idea to burn your place down. Yeah, no. No, no, no I was thinking to... of, like, smoking a j- cigarette. Ah, like Ben Harper. We actually yeah. can't smoke out here, um, because uh, Barbara's allergic, but, uh, you know, if we wanted to smoke something, we could go inside. I don't smoke cannabis, for the record. Uh, nor do I, and mostly because the few times I've smoked it, it pisses me off. It pissed me off because it wasn't doing doing anything. And oh, you need more. to smoke more. <laughs> and you need you need to you need to get some from uh, like Humboldt or Santa Cruz or, or something. Or, I've had or from once from Humboldt, and it was just some people it doesn't work for. Yeah, my oh, brain what? chemistry is a little off. No, yeah, if you like have case a case in point, coffee I drink to calm down. Right. It's not like So you I have ADD. To... Yep. <laughs> Can I use your bathroom? Oh yes, of course. I've never been in your house, I don't think. It's a bit disheveled, I apologize. It looks I, like my apartment in my early 20s. Like expected. Yeah. I mean, you know, with the girlfriend living very far away, and it's not like I'm expecting her to drop in, so sure, the only I don't need to make it look pretty right now. This is uh, this is really good. It's it's great. You know, and I'd, I'm interested in maybe going back and reviewing some of these other ones as well. Um, and I feel, you know, the need just to kind of thank you again for this opportunity to be here. Well, you're welcome. I'm glad you were we were able to do this. Because, Me too. You know. Yeah. Last Sunday was a good day, but uh, yeah, shit unforeseen, happens. unforeseen uh, 
circumstances. No, you know, shit happens, and mm. timing can always be a very difficult thing, but we've managed, and... We have managed. The I... way I like to see it is, you know, maybe this is just coming from my own religious background, but, you know, things happen the way they are supposed to happen for a reason. If we had done this last Sunday, Danielle would not have been able to have joined us, um, because I didn't even think. <laughs> sure. So, you know, that, that's one you. thing that would have been very different. One thing that I've definitely noticed in the four times that I've come to the Verde Valley is that every single time I am humbled with some sort of a challenging experience that really makes me question what, who I am, where I'm going, and what I need, what, what I'm doing. You know, it makes me really... You know, even if I come out here with a particular purpose, which usually is trying to bridge the wine scenes between Santa Cruz and the Verde Valley, um, I still, I still always find myself in some kind of a scenario where I'm like, "What? What's my real purpose here? Or what's my real purpose right now?" Um, and I always find myself in some kind of an ex- existential, existential yeah. position. Um, and this landscape and the landscape and the, and this is one of the things you know that I've I've joked about and perhaps in poetry and and whatnot is you know the landscape of the desert is very much laid bare it doesn't hide under forest and soil and all these things it just it's like this is what I am if you don't like it go fuck yourself it's very masculine yeah the well, desert sure but the uh, monsoons obviously are feminine. It's well, they also I would argue that the monsoons too, are more so. masculine than the the desert itself is more Well, if you feminine. think of, I always think of East Coast versus the Southwest. East Coast, you can't see past a certain space. If yeah. you're, say, in the mountains, North Carolina, Blue Ridge, it's very engulfing of green. It's moist. Yeah. You're wet. You're nurtured. Here, it's red. It's black. It's brown, Long. it's beige, it's sharp. Beige. Everything hurts. It's hot, it's dry, it's... Hard. It's taking, it's sun energy, which is masculine. Soul. Yeah. But at the same time, if you treat the desert well, with respect and trust, the desert can be incredibly nurturing. It can be. Incredibly it can be fulfilling. a little bit more expansive and, like, yeah, it's not so, like, nurturing, like, hey, little baby, like, you are, it's like, no, like, you're forced to be, you're pushed out into the, like, elements. Can like, you Can your character be hardened enough to not, how sustainable can you be? You know, because you look at a lot of the plant life that lives around here, and it doesn't take a lot from the environment no. to yeah. survive. No. And it's hardened that way right. over, like, years of evolution. The horizon is masculine. The colors are masculine. But there can be a feminine quality, I say. Mm. But it's very sun. It's very the colors, the horizon, the jagged, the rugged, the sharp. The protruding, the... It's very masculine. And I've lived on the East Coast, and it's very feminine. It's mm-hmm. very wet. It's very insular. It's very moon energy That's versus a, here. With the tide and stuff. 
that's how I feel, or at least that's how I feel about the Pacific Coast, is that there's a lot of moon energy, you know, yeah. everything's based around the tides and Definitely. kind of stuff like that, so. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying, is that every time I come out here, I have some kind of an existential experience, every time, you know. There's space to actually be alone, and there's space to actually be yourself. Mm-hmm. and accept it or don't right yeah yeah and it's actually probably the lesser you're not accepted you're pricked and you're sunburnt and you're dehydrated but you're working with it so you're yeah. more you're more apt to have that experience than if you're super close to civilization or super close to lots of water or you know what i mean like it's 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 rough it's different it's all for themselves in a way mm-hmm. you know like there's here, really the great desert is not like that no, that's what he, she's saying is the desert is like that right i mean it is we have a lot of water but you have to search it out it's not coming from the sky it's yeah. From deep in the earth, the womb of the. But it could be very feminine metaphor. for men to be in the desert, but for me, it's very masculine. Hmm. Well, it's visceral it's... here. It's a very visceral experience. It is. The Rock. horizon, the, the distance Being of Being able seeing. to see not only this landscape, but you know, if you're dabbling in geology. You know, you can parse the ancient landscapes, and if you really know the geology, you can parse it in the wine. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I feel like there is a distant echo of that long-lost Pedregoso Sea here. There's that subtle hint of sea salt. Very, very subtle. Just barely there at the edge of the finish. If you weren't trying to parse this wine, you wouldn't catch it. Sure. But I'm seeing it. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's just because I'm been drinking a shit ton and i've been looking at it in depth and just because that's what i've been hunting for and because i like looking and thinking about ancient landscapes maybe i'm getting that yeah you know but that's just it's something that's there and most verde valley wines that i've noticed that it's something that's not in wilcox is that subtle hint of sea salt mm-hmm. yeah wilcox was an ocean too but the ocean didn't really leave its presence in the rocks. Not the way it did exposed. here. Not the way. No, it did not here. the way it did here. Those red rocks that you would see if it was daylight. Those were all sand dunes at the shore of an ancient sea. And what an incredible view there is from here in Jerome. God, yes. It is one of the most breathtaking views that I have ever seen. And I I love the landscape in California. Don't get me wrong, but. It, being able to stand here on a clear day and just look out all the way to Flagstaff and see the mountain or Sedona. Well, past Flagstaff, you can yeah. see San Francisco peaks, which are past Flagstaff. So That's what those peaks are right there? The yeah, mo- the snow 70 to 100 miles away. That was, it is, is such a breathtaking view. Jerome is one of the most beautiful places that I've been. I love but it, it actually it. really sucks, so don't. Yeah. Try to come here and move here. Yeah. 
It's really, <laughs> it's just way too expensive. It is. Yeah. There's it's about as expensive as Santa Cruz. There's a bunch so of don't move there either. like us living here, thinking people care about what we say. Yeah. The town either absorbs you or spits you out, and usually it spits you out. I was lucky enough to be one of the, one of, one of us, one of us. <laughs> we can do it. And, and uh, Danielle actually was like, no, you're never going to move here. <laughs> When I said that one day in the tasting room in, in Caduceus, and she's like, "No, no, <laughs> I don't I'm, want I'm, you here." I'm painfully honest. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. I like that about you. And yet, where are you now, <laughs> drinking wine on my deck? Right. <laughs> it takes me a couple times to warm up to you. Yeah, I, and the I, fact that you actually do things for the community by. Um, reviewing people's wines and bringing attention to it that's what i always ask when people say well i want to move to jerome my first question to them is well, how are you what, going to contribute well what are you bringing to the community yeah. are you going to support jobs are you going to bring in agriculture are you going to do something by donation are you going to create art yeah. and i feel like my part is doing yoga and just being a inspiration to people that i run into and yeah you know, I feel like I'm from here, so yeah, this is what you get if you were born and raised here. Yeah. <laughs> you get a the hilarious thing is that if uh, fate had worked too differently, I would have actually been born and grown up here too. Uh, my dad almost got a job with Public Works in Jerome in 1983, just after my mom got pregnant with me. Wow. So if that had happened and he had ended up moving here, I would have grown up here as well. That's awesome. Because weird to think about alternate histories. We might have even went on a date. <laughs> I don't know if that would have ended well or badly. <laughs> Depending on how drunk I was, it could have been really good for you and really bad for me. <laughs> I, I, I make it a point never to take advantage of anyone drunk, so... <laughs> well, I'll do what I want. Whoa. Usually... Damn. Well then. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like almost like okay. On that note, we should probably close this. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, again, the four wines that we had tonight were the because um, <clears throat> we are running over an hour at this point. I think we're at an hour and a half. Oh yeah, we're at an hour thirty-five. I'm probably gonna have to split this in two. Um, so we've. Started off with the 2006 um, Gaston Hochard, Chateau Moussard, Chateau Moussard Blanc. Yeah, which was the blend of the uh, Obadiah and the Merois. Then we went to the Armitage, Armitage, sorry. Yep. I can say French words, which I guess makes sense for wine. Sure. Uh, the Armitage 2013 Pinot Noir from Santa Cruz Mountains, Heart of the Mountain Vineyard, probably. Yep, the uh, Mount Roberto Reserve. Then we jumped to... Oh, dear. Things are getting disheveled. I apologize. The uh, Honoro Vera Monastrell from 2014, made from organic Monastrell grapes from Jumila in Spain. Jumia. Jumia. Sorry, my Spanish is obviously very atrocious. Uh, this is what happens when you take Latin instead of Spanish. 
And then we finish it off, of course, with the Arizona Nagal um, de Agostina from 2013, uh, from right here in the Verde Valley. And thank uh, you for sharing that with me. Uh, yeah. It is really a pleasure. Well, I, you know, I've been thinking about reviewing this for a while, and uh, it's, you know, it, it's a wine that I felt like it needed to be shared with someone, so I'm glad you guys were here for it. I'm, I'm glad I was, cheers. too. 700 so, miles from home, so... Cheers! Cheers! Wait, cheers. you need wine in your fucking glass. Your glass is empty. I do. Thank you. So, let's do this right. All right. Do this right or not at all. So, cheers, guys. Cheers, Arizona friends. Love you. Thanks for listening. I hope we didn't bore your pants off. Well, or maybe we do hope that we bore your pants <laughs> off. Because <laughs> we do what we want. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the lady friend. Anyway, until next time, guys, this is the, the Arizona Wine Monk. Over and out. Over and out. Signing out. You guys have a good night. Uh, drink something delicious.